We are outdoor ladies who hunt, shoot, and fish, all while working in conservation and chasing kids. I am Julia Plugi with the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. I'm Rachel Alice with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. And I'm Tana Fancher with the Kansas Department of Wildlife Parks. Follow us on our outdoor adventures. Welcome back to She Goes Outdoors. Here we are recording episode 82. That means 81 episodes are posted. That is 81 different topics, 81 different conversations. We have covered a lot of different topics and interviewed amazing, talented guests. We want to hear from you, our She Goes Outdoor followers. What has been your favorite episode? Share your favorite episode, topic, or favorite guest in the rating or review section of the podcast application. Apple users scroll way down to the bottom of the list of recent episodes. There you will find the review button, open the section, and select our star rating and write a review. It is your love that drives our podcast visibility. You can also review our page on Facebook. So that's my little spiel for this episode. Just want to make sure that get that out there. And now uh, we'll move on to this week's topic. Today is we're just going all Nebraska here. And Kayla Gattakin is going to join me, Julia, in the hot seat as the host and ask our guest questions today. So now let's move on to episode 82's topic, chronic wasting disease. And CWD is not a typical dinner table conversation, or maybe it is a conversation in your house, uh, given it is hunting season. I normally hear about CWD in the fall around deer season, and, and right now we're recording during deer season. Unfortunately, it isn't something we should take lightly, though. Our guest today is Kylie Sinclair. Kylie is here to get us thinking more about CWD. Kayla and I have a loaded list of questions. So welcome, Kylie. Thanks. We're so glad for you to join us today. Will you please introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about what you do, your background, and any specialized areas you're working in or you have worked in in the past? Yeah. So I am a big game disease and research biologist with Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. I actually just started here back in April, so still pretty new. I grew up in Wyoming doing all the outdoor things, camping, hiking, fishing, hunting, um, and always had that interest in the outdoors um, and animals, which, uh, you know, at the time I didn't know about wildlife careers. So originally I started off going to school for vet school, and it wasn't until I was an undergrad that I learned about wildlife biology as a career. But I still had that wildlife health interest. So I actually, my first job out of undergrad was working as a technician in a wildlife health laboratory. And so I was working on uh, CWD and brucellosis testing, as well as bighorn sheep captures and sampling. And then after a few years of that, I started a master's project at Utah State studying bighorn sheep populations and how they recover following pneumonia outbreaks. And it was shortly after I defended that I heard about this position. So, Great. Well, welcome to Nebraska. And so when you were, you know, thinking vet school, were you a large animal, small animal, or what was your interest in vet school to begin with? 
It was definitely large animal, but I'd always heard too that the money was in the small animal. So I planned yeah. on probably being a mixed practice. But I'd be I'd be large animal as well. I'm are you from a ranch? Yeah, I mean, awesome. I grew up in the country. I guess not quite a ranch, but we had horses. So I grew up with um, riding and showing horses. Nice, so. nice. Well, we're excited to have you here in Nebraska and quite the intense position. So we're excited to hear more about CWD. So, you know, and I have. I've been using the acronym. I've I've thrown it out there, but you know, CWD again is short for chronic wasting disease. How would you define or describe chronic wasting disease? So, chronic wasting disease is classified as a prion disease, and the reason for that is it affects the prion protein. So, a prion protein is a naturally occurring protein in a normal healthy host, but in a diseased individual it misfolds which starts to cause the disease, disease symptoms. Uh, it affects the brain and central nervous system, and it's 100% fatal, slow progressing. So in the case of CWD, it can take uh, on average a year or more after infection before you even see symptoms. We often hear that it's associated with deer. What other species can it affect? Is deer the only species or are there other ones? So it can affect any species in the deer family. And so for here, or at least more locally, we've seen it in white-tailed deer, mule deer, elk, and moose. Gotcha. And is it more targeted towards one gender? So does it target the bucks more than the does, or is it universal? Uh, we have seen evidence that it is a little bit higher prevalence in males, and that might be due to the, um, their mobility and mating behaviors. So we, we talk about seeing and evidence of it. What are the symptoms of CWD? One of the most common symptoms related to it is weight loss, which is where you get that wasting part of that chronic wasting term. But in addition to that, you kind of see listlessness. They'll lose fear of humans. You see odd behaviors like circling. It's also common to see tremors or head drooping, staggering when they walk. In the later part of the disease, you may even see excessive urination or salivating. Can the wildlife have, I mean, can they have CWD and not show symptoms? Uh, eventually they will, but okay. yeah, they, I mean, it takes a year or more after infection before they actually start exhibiting symptoms, but they can start shedding those infectious prions and infect other animals even before they start showing symptoms, which is one reason why it's been such a hard disease to sure. deal with. And I mean, that shedding word sure sounds familiar in today's days, isn't it? How do you describe a prion i mean so prions are the type of protein and so a normal horse of protein is shaped a certain way it's um, partly how it's made up but also partly how it's shaped how it functions appropriately and so when something happens it causes the shape to change that's when it causes problems i don't know if this is a silly example but i was kind of thinking like if you fold a shirt like if you're trying to fold it and put it away neatly like you have a certain way of folding it so it lays flat and you know, fits in your drawer and everything, or you can just crumple it up and throw it in. And it's not, it's going to kind of mess up your flow. It's going to be hard to put things in there. It's still the same shirt. It's just shaped different now. <laughs> so I'm imagining <laughs> basically my clothes drawers are at home are full of prions. They're just like <laughs> all crumpled up and I have CWD all over in my drawers. I'll just put it that way. It reminds me of my college days. I hate doing laundry. So I just have a clean pile and a dirty pile, yeah. but now I have to live more civically and I was just gonna be like, it's CWD in a pile. And my husband's like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, so CWD is not known to directly affect humans or livestock, but it plagues the people's knowledge, I guess I should say, like maybe that fear of it. So, you know, here in Nebraska, we're in the, in, in our Western Nebraska, for say, you know, that they take a lot of economy in during this time, during hunting season. We have a lot of out of state. We have people from different parts of the state traveling in. So they're using uh, hotels. They're using our restaurants. They're, they're buying ammunition. They're buying gear. You know, and that generates billions of dollars in consumer spending annually and billions more in federal, state, and local tax revenue. You know, and this is information that's according to the Outdoor Industry Association. We also do data reports here at our own local agencies and and have that knowledge. So the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service found that wildlife-related recreationalists spent $156.9 billion on their hunting and wildlife watching, photographing, and angling activities in 2006. Now, I probably should have went back and found some more information on that because I know they have some hard dollar data on 2020, but that's what I kind of found in a quick research. But it continues to be that, that economic value in the current present time too. So big game, uh, including deer and elk, you know, is the, one of the most common hunting types, you know, especially here in Nebraska. For these reasons, CWD is a great concern to the wildlife biologists such as yourself, uh, but, but managers need information to make key conservation decisions. Uh, you know, and that's where our scientists, our biologists come in, and that's where Kylie comes in. So are you testing all the deer that are physically checked in? Tell us about that or how you're doing your testing procedures. We rotate which units we're testing each year. Okay. And so this year we're focused on like the south, southeast area. So we're looking at blue northwest, blue northeast, buffalo, republican, plot, and wahoo units. Okay. If you're familiar with those or going to be hunting in Nebraska. And uh, we worked with the University of Nebraska a while ago to come up with a target number to be able to, of deer to test in order to get an estimate of prevalence in each of those units. And so uh, our target is 230 deer that are adult males, at least two and a half years and older. So past those 230 deer in each unit, if you were not hunting in that unit or miss that cutoff, we still would encourage you, particularly if you're concerned about CWD, to get your deer tested. And you can go on our website and look up CWD, and we have a list of laboratories that you can send your sample to. And when you send in a sample, what are you sending in? Are you sending in a piece of bone? Are you sending in muscle? What are you sending in? So we're sending in retropharyngeal lymph nodes. And so those are found around the throat, basically. You, you will go to the sites, and you're doing that only during firearm season if you're not familiar with Nebraska. So basically when we here in Nebraska are only check-in points to physically take the, the deer to, or elk as well, are physically only during firearm season. So if I were want to be comfortable and have my deer checked in um, or or tested for CWD outside of that. Like, let's say I harvested a a deer during archery season. How could I go about having that animal tested too? Just for my comfort level or just to say, hey, I just want want to know, is it in my area? Did, Did I harvest an animal with this? 
Yeah, so we actually, on, on our website, under that CWD page, you can, we actually have a video up that shows you how to take your own lymph node sample, or if you're not comfortable, you can just contact your local biologist or regional office and bring it in, and a biologist can take it out for you as well. And then we've got that list of laboratories on there where you could send it in yourself for testing. Sure. Kind of on that that question, that note, is CWD then transmissible to humans? I mean, we're, we're talking about having it tested. Now I have that in my mindset. Let's say um, I, I harvested deer, then it did come back positive. Is it still safe to eat the venison? So at this point, there's no evidence that it can be transmitted to humans, but the CDC still recommends being cautious about eating meat and would recommend not eating meat from a positive animal. And part of that concern actually comes from another prion disease, uh, mad cow disease. I um, was going to ask about mad cow. It yeah. sounds extremely familiar yeah. to mad cow. Okay. Yeah, so it's also considered a prion disease and kind of works in a similar way within cattle. But there was actually a link between that and variant Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease in humans. And so there was evidence that eating products from an infected cow resulted in a human prion disease. So that's where some of the concern with just being cautious with that with CWD as well. Okay. And then let's say, um, is it transmissible to humans other than eating, like, even if I'm harvesting, I'm, I'm cleaning my animal, but I didn't eat the meat, or if I'm just, you know, can it be transmissible to me either way? I mean, at this point, we're not sure, since there's been no evidence of it being transmitted to humans, how it could be transmitted. It does seem like the most likely route would be ingestion. But again, um, those prions, they do not degrade very easily. Like, they'll last in the environment for years and years. And so they'll also last on your tools and anything like that. So, I mean, we recommend, like, cleaning any tools that you use. You should clean with the bleach solution. You should be handling your deer with gloves, especially if you're nervous about that. And because that can be left over on the tools you're using. Yeah, and maybe even not if you're just a precaution, dude, no matter what. Whether you're you're nervous or concerned about it or not, we would just suggest that you wear the gloves and uh, handle with caution at all, at all times. Definitely. So just a couple of days ago, we received a survey about CWD that Nebraska Game Parks sent out asking last year's deer permit buyers about our deer harvests. So these questions really opened our mind to several different things that come up when you think about CWD. And you are leading the charge in this survey, correct? Uh, helping, yeah, along with my teammates, yes. So please tell us a little bit about the survey. What are you hoping to learn from the survey? And as participants, we're really interested about hearing about some of the results and the preliminary data that you have already collected. So Nebraska Game and Parks is working on developing a CWD management plan. And so this survey is kind of a first step in getting that pulled together. So it's a chance for us to see what hunters know about CWD at this point and what their level of concern is, because it gives us a basis to start working off of, of what we need to invest more time into, what information we need to be sharing, and what steps we need to be taking moving into the future. This is just the beginning. Um, it's probably going to be a bit of a time-consuming process to get this management plan done, but... As any management plan is, it does, it does, it takes time. Huh? We completely understand that. And you want it to be thorough and um, effective. Exactly. And 
be able to communicate that plan with the hunters as well. Yeah. And so we're, uh, we've got some other steps planned too before this ever goes into, into being, but we're planning on bringing in more of the public as well, not just hunters. So there'll be a chance for other non-hunters or people who didn't hunt this last year, who didn't get the survey to get a chance yeah. to have input on this. That's that's awesome to hear because I can imagine like even we, we've had this little conversation on the locovore. So that is the the population that is looking for a healthy organic food source. And they may be the population that is looking to get into hunting to to get that food source. But if they hear or concerned us about CWD, then maybe they don't even want, they haven't uh, stepped into the hunting boots yet. And so I can see that population being of interest as well. If you're able to share, what are some of the management techniques that you would put into place to help control the spread of CWD? So at this point, we're still exploring. Uh, A lot of other state agencies have already done CWD management plans. So we're kind of looking to what they've already done, partially just to get it implemented and how they're getting input from the public, as well as what their strategies have been. And also just using uh, research, literature, uh, whatever other scientists have been discovering. So we're, we're taking steps to look into that and also seeing what what works for us because what other states are doing won't necessarily work for us because it depends like we're all in different spots <laughs> there's sub states whose cwd management plans are in place because they don't yet have cwd and so they have their steps are set up to help prevent it from coming in so it's unique per state each state has their own plan that you can model ours after but ours won't be exactly like theirs is kind of what you're saying Yeah, probably not. Uh, We'll just see what works for us. And again, getting input from stakeholders as well when we get to that point. There's also a CWD alliance that a lot of states are a part of. And so that's a chance for states to share information about what's happening in their states and what's working for them. When I was listing off earlier some information, some statistics, that was actually came right from their, the CWD alliance website. So thank you for pointing that out. Have you had a chance to even look at the, the data that the research and any preliminary results that you're able to share? So the survey is actually still open for a few more days. So we haven't started looking at the results okay. yet. Okay. And will you be sending it out again to the 2021 permit holders? I'm not sure yet. We'll yeah. see where see where we're at with this and what our next steps are. Um, but we'll eventually get through the data as well and hopefully be able to share that with everyone too. So. Well, hopefully, uh, if they're hearing this and they haven't filled out their survey and they did see that in their email inbox that they'll participate in and help us. (laughs) Yes, yes, we'll get that pushed out there and and sent out. Is blue tongue the same thing as CWD? No. So blue tongue and you've probably heard of EHD too. So those are both closely related hemorrhagic diseases is what they're called. And they're actually caused by a virus that comes from biting midges. Okay. The symptoms you see can look kind of similar between like an end-stage CWD animal versus one that has EHD or blue tongue, but it's actually much more fast-acting, Okay, and usually you see it more during drought years, so we have been seeing an uptick in it this year of EHD and blue tongue, so you'll see a few cases each year, but in drought years, you'll see a few more. Okay. And we we mentioned this a little bit, but I'd like to kind of highlight it again. 
you know, this weekend after I har- hopefully harvest a deer because, well, weekend number one did not work out too for me. We could get into whys, but we're not going to. Um, you know, what? let's highlight again, what measures should I take or do you suggest to the hunters out there, whether they are archery, their firearm, their muzzle loading, or however they harvest this animal? What, what do you suggest on measures that we should take to avoid spreading CWD? So we definitely recommend wearing gloves while you're processing your animal or field dressing them. It'd be a good idea to use tools that are strictly for field processing. So don't take those tools home and use them for something else around the house. Just keep them strictly to dealing with field processing and then clean them in a bleach solution when you're done as well. We'd recommend that you field dress where your animal was shot And then if at all possible, when you take it to get processed, try and keep it at least within county or as close as possible to where you harvested it, just so you're not spreading it around as much. And any unused parts of the animal, we recommend putting in a double bag and disposing of it at landfill. Okay. And like I I harvest and then clean in the pasture where I, I hunt at. Is it safe for me just to leave it out for carnivores to come in and enjoy a snack or should what what other procedures would you suggest I do if you're concerned you could probably bury it okay um, or also just pick it up double bag it and throw it away in a landfill but again just because that's where the animal came from yeah it's right there yeah as it is understand okay this is Really crazy thinking about everything that goes into how CWD spreads and all the steps you need to take in order to prevent the spread. Usually when I'm out deer hunting, I just harvest my deer, go home, and don't even think about it. And now that we're talking a little bit more here, I'm, you know, really thinking about when I harvest my next deer of everything extra that I need to do now. You know, we talked a lot about deer, and you had mentioned elk as well, because uh, Nebraska has an elk population Are you seeing the same numbers or would I be taking the same measures with elk? So at this point, we don't have a real great idea of prevalence for CWD in elk at this point, just because it's such low sample numbers compared to what we're able to get with deer. So like we're targeting 230 deer per unit, and that's just not feasible with elk during one season. So it makes it hard to get a good grasp on how much is out there. We are seeing positive elk, but it's at a, it seems to be at a much lower rate. And from what I've seen from other states that have deer and elk, it does seem to move more slowly or be at a lower prevalence in elk. Is it the same, let's say, uh, can both whitetail and muley, do you see it in both species? Or is one, one species heavier than the other? I know you see it in both species, but I'm yeah. not sure if I've heard if it seems to be more prevalent in one okay. over another. Which uh, you got to keep that in the back of your mind that whether um, it, you may hear it in the whitetail, but if there, if there's not a lot of testing to know the knowledge, then you want to be cautious with elk, whitetail, and and mule. Kylie, we uh, wealth of knowledge and a lot of fun. And are you going to be able to get out and hunt yourself this weekend, or do you hunt? I do hunt, but I'm probably not going to this year. Just new to the area, figuring things out. And I knew it'd be busy doing firearm season with check stations. Yeah, so. you have to work this check, check stations. Yep. So. Yep. Here in Nebraska, our check stations, uh, like we said, run only during the firearm season. So it's 10 days of craziness. We hope that they're busy. We hope the hunters um, are having successful harvest and, and keep those check stations busy. 
So again, thank you for joining us. Any last words of wisdom or information that you would like to share with the She Goes Outdoors listeners? Just if you got the survey, please fill it out and enjoy your hunt. Yeah, thank you. And and I, I bet they will. All right, She Goes Outdoors listeners, thank you again for listening to episode 82. Uh, I don't know about you, Kayla, but I learned a lot about CWD and more so that mindset or those measures to take to keep myself safe, keep that from spreading and, and keeping the population healthy as well. So as you're out there in the field, keep that in mind. And also as a friendly reminder to, as I stated at the beginning of the episode, to go out there and share some love, share some feedback, send some information to us and and reviews for the podcast. And keep in mind that we're going to be dropping a big announcement very, very soon. Uh, So keep an eye on our Facebook at She Goes Outdoors. Thank you again for joining us, everyone, and we'll see you outdoors. outdoors.